Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Math and Physics podcast. This is the sixth episode. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray, and we welcome you back to, as he said, episode six. So what are we going to be talking about today? So today we're going to be talking about all different types of infinity and um, like how it comes into play in math and physics. Interesting. So infinity, right? It's a great concept, but is it more than that? And that's what we aim to answer today. Yeah. So a lot of people think, or they don't think it, but they kind of assume that infinity is just like a number right? Like when you say infinity, they just think like one with like a thousand zeros behind it. But the problem is that you really can't think of infinity as a number because then you run into a lot of problems when you start doing like calculus and stuff like that. So really just when you hear infinity, don't, don't think of a number because it's, it's really not, it's, it's a concept that just, it means just Anything that's bigger than anything you could ever imagine and then times anything that's bigger than anything, you know, like it's, it's not, it's not something you, you can grasp. Yeah. But the interesting thing about infinities are the, is that there are, you know, many different types of infinities, like in the notebook, right? When that actress that I forgot who, like her name, she says that some infinities are bigger than other infinities or the guy says it. Well, well, one of them says it, and uh, pretty much the uh, th- that's actually mathematically correct. Some infinities are indeed larger than other infinities. For example, if we were to look at the graph of x squared versus the graph of x cubed or yep. x to the fourth, the, the infinity that x to the fourth reaches on the y-axis will be a lot larger than the infinity that the x to the third or x squared reaches on the y-axis. Well, not necessarily larger. It just approaches it quicker. Yeah, it just it's just a larger concept. And yeah, I guess approaches it quicker as well. But it's just a different type of infinity. That's why adding infinity, subtracting infinities, which we're going to be talking about in the podcast, but that's why those things don't really make sense because there are various different versions of infinities that we have to, you know, take into consideration. Yeah, an easy way to think about how some infinities are larger than others is to think about just the natural numbers at first. And you think, okay, if you count an infinite amount of time, like after an infinite amount of time, you will reach quote unquote infinity. And then, so that's that's one infinity. And then you could think about, okay, well, if I count half steps, if I go one, one and a half, two, two and a half, technically you will be counting twice as many numbers, but you know, you you will be reaching an infinity that is larger, but it still contains the same amount. Well, not the same amount of items, I guess. Um, But approaching the same concept kind of. Yeah, approaching the same concept. And then you could just go like even deeper. Like if you just count every rational number, then there's going to be way more. And then even even further than that, if you just count the rational numbers in between uh, zero and one, there's an infinite amount. And then there's there's not really a way to compare which one is bigger. Like Like if you count from one, two, three, all the way to infinity, is that bigger than counting from zero to one, 
counting every rational number. There's really no way to know. That's true. That's actually yeah, an example I was thinking about too, that there are infinite numbers between zero and one or one and two, but the infinity that one, two, three, four also approaches is just a different concept of infinity. Yeah. And you can even take that like infinitely further, right? Exactly. Like you, you can be like, okay, there's an infinite amount of numbers in between one and 1.0000001. It just, it just doesn't end. And that's kind of like a property of infinity is that, well, you know, it just doesn't end. Oh yeah. And actually, I don't know why I thought of this, but uh, the one example that we did in class where it's 0.999 recurring equals yeah. one. And that in fact is true because you can't find any number between 0.999 recurring and one. And because you can't find a single number between them, they must be the same number because that's how we define numbers as greater or less. Right. Yeah. So that's like, kind so, of how yeah. I'll go ahead. Yeah. So, so I was just trying to give an example. Like if we take two and five, we can find numbers in between like three. Therefore we know that the numbers have to be different. But in this case, because we can't, find anything in the middle they must be the same and that entire concept that 0.999 infinity equals an integer number is pretty you know kind of bizarre yeah and it's kind of intuitive because you think about how like 0.999 recurring has to equal one i mean I, i meant to say unintuitive because obviously they look like different numbers but really they're the same. And you can actually um, prove this by doing like the infinite series, which, you know, is a little bit more advanced. But if you if you take it as like, uh, what is it, like 9 over 10 plus yeah. 9 over 100 plus 9 over, you know, yeah. dot, dot, dot. And then you plug it into like the formula that you proved, which is like, you know, whatever, whatever. You see that it is, yeah, equal, the, the, to, it is equal to 1. The converging series formula, yeah. And then you get that it equals 1. Yeah. And so one one thing that's really important um, where you, we can use infinity is in limits. So if you want to see, um, you know, where a function goes when it tends to infinity, right, you take the limit as it goes to infinity and then you could find, you know, either if you take like f of x equals x, you know, the limit to infinity is just infinity. But if you take one over x, the limit is zero. And so you can study functions using infinity and studying where they go, um, you know, based on, uh, you know, the, the properties of the, of the function itself. Yeah, that's true. Because a lot of times what it kind of tells us, especially when like, for example, if we take, as you said, limit as X approaches infinity, then what we're really looking at is how the function behaves when we have a really large number of X. And this is useful in many, many, many ways, not only in math, and I think this is where we're going to merge it with physics here. I don't know why, but the first thing I thought of was electric fields and far fields, you know? So when yeah. we're taking X or something to infinity, we're trying to find out when we are very, very, very far away, what does this system look like, right? And in most cases, especially when we're talking about electric fields, it looks like a point charge which is pretty interesting to think about, but and pretty intuitive as well. When you're extremely far away, you can't really tell the difference between a few things. And that entire concept of being infinitely far away and observing the system and seeing how the system changes depending on where your X value is, I think, again, pretty interesting 
that we can see infinity used in real life scenarios. Yeah. And when we did that in class, we were studying like um, spherical charges or mm -hmm. charge distributions, uh, ring charge distributions, disc charge distributions. And it makes a lot of sense. Like if you have a ring charge in front of you, like obviously it's not going to behave like a single point, but then you zoom out infinitely. You, you can't tell the difference between a point charge with the same charge as a ring charge yeah. if you sit, set them next to each other if you zoom out to infinity they will each each of them will look exactly the same yeah and that, that, that kind of applies to i guess i was just thinking about it right now i don't know if it's really true but i guess it would apply to gravity as well would it yeah do you remember that problem yeah i know that's actually why i'm thinking about it because of that one problem that we did I don't know if we had the same uh, problem on the exam, but basically um, I answered a question where it was like, if you have um, a ring mass, that was like the mass Which, of wait, our planet. Wait, 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 shouldn't we not be discussing the exam? I mean, it's on, over. On, <laughs> we no, got... no, no. But like there was like a huge thing. Remember on the first page of the exam, we were not allowed to discuss it. During the exam. I, I thought it's even after it's over. Like it's like a no copyright. There's kind of there's no way that can be true. I have no idea. Okay, right. well I could let, let's say this. Okay, I was thinking the other night. What if you had, <laughs> okay. what if you had a mass that was in the shape of a ring? Okay, and you know its gravitational field would be you know kind of analogous to the electric field of a ring charge. Oh, I had the same question. Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> in my dream. <laughs> the same dream that we both shared <laughs> anyways um yeah so if you were to <laughs> if you were to zoom out in, to you know an infinite distance it would just be the same as like a, a point charge with this or a point mass with the same mass as as the ring that you have but yeah. you know so, something interesting about that that i was thinking about actually this is before the exam um when i was doing review if you have an infinite plane with you know a uniform charge density the strength of the electric field does not depend on how far away you are from the plane which means that if you were you know one centimeter away it would have a certain uh strength which is i think uh the charge density divided by two epsilon naught i think that's yeah do you remember yeah yeah so it, it would have a certain strength and then you could be at any point in space you can be you know a million kilometers away mm -hmm. and it would still have the same strength same, yeah and that kind of um you can kind of imagine it as if you had an infinite wall if you're standing in front of a wall that was lit up at a certain intensity if you keep on zooming out because the wall is infinite right no matter how far away you are from the wall, you can look down and you could just, you know, see the wall extending infinitely in every direction. So you kind of, you can't tell how far away you are from the wall because of, because it is infinite, right? Yeah. And pretty much also, however far away you are from the wall, the intensity remains constant. And I think that's the really cool concept, you know, that the intensity yeah. doesn't change however far you are which is the same with the electric field. Yeah. And um, yeah, so going back 
to limits. I want to say something about, about <laughs> okay, limits okay. before we get too far. Um, when you study um, a function, let's say like one over x, just to make it easy, if you study its behavior as it goes to infinity, the answer would just be zero, right? The limit as x goes to infinity is zero. But an interesting part or an interesting fact to consider is that one over x is never actually equal to zero. It's yeah. just the limit. And that's an important differentiation that you have to make between, you know, w what it actually equals to and what it tends to. Yeah, because basically what it... Sorry, sorry, continue, continue. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, yeah, yeah. So basically what it's saying is that when... Because infinity, and that's pretty much what we're trying to convince, you know, the audience, whoever's listening to this, that infinity, not really a number, simply a concept. The same way it can't really reach infinity, it can't really reach zero. That's why it never really touches zero because infinity, as we said, we repeatedly keep saying, is simply just a concept. So when it reaches the so-called concept, it would so-called be extremely close or equal to zero. But because this infinity is simply a concept, it never truly touches zero for any real number. For any real number that we can think of, it's never equal to zero. And that's why the infinite concept is important. The reason why we say it's equal to zero is because when you look at infinity, it is so incredibly close to zero mm -hmm. that you might as well say it's zero, right? It's going to be zero point, you know, an infinite amount of zeros and then a one, but not even, right? Wait, one minute, one minute. I, d I just thought of something. Yeah. In the same way... Wait, one minute. No, I'm probably wrong. No, I'm probably wrong. What do you think? Okay, okay, because this is what I was thinking. I'm just going to think out loud. I may be wrong, just discretion, but I'm just going to say it. In the same way that 9.999 recurring, oh, sorry, sorry, 0 0.999 recurring equals 1, wouldn't 0. Point, oh, no, wait, but that's not really no, recurring. No, that, that, that's not the same. <laughs> yeah, that's not really recurring. No, never mind, never mind. Because you yeah, have to have a 1 at some yeah. point. As, as I said, then... I was just thinking out loud. Just yeah. thinking out loud. Wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, this this actually brings me to indeterminate forms. Um, so an indeterminate form is when you have, like, let's say, 1 to the infinity. Okay? Mm -hmm. So if, if you have 1 to the infinity, that's just equal to 1. But now let's say you have a function um, like, uh, let's, say, let's say 1 over x to the x. And you're trying to see what happens... Uh, when the function goes to infinity. Well, the base goes to zero, but the exponent goes to infinity. So then you have this, this indeterminate form called zero to the infinity. And then what you want to do, I'm not going to go into it like super rigorously, but you want to see which one approaches their goal faster. Because if, right, zero to anything is just zero, right? So if if the base reaches zero faster than the exponent reaches infinity, then the answer will be zero. But if the exponent just reaches infinity way too quickly, then it will go to um, infinity, infinity or, you know, it'll, it'll have some weird behavior at infinity. And there are lots more indeterminate forms off the top of my head, um, like... Uh, there's there's one to the infinity. There's infinity minus infinity. There's infinity over. Isn't infinity over infinity indeterminate? 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and then there's zero over zero. Zero over zero, right. There's zero to the power of zero. Is that one? I don't know. Mm, I don't think so. I don't know. I think, I think that's just zero. Yeah, I think yeah, that's zero just zero. Zero to the power zero. of zero is just zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, an indeterminate form is just when you, you can't tell, like, off the bat what it's going to do. Like, usually if you have, like, if you have x squared, you know it's just going to go to infinity. Or if you're looking at the limit goes to zero, you know it's just going to be zero. But if you have a weird function where different parts are doing different things... Okay, so... Sorry, my computer fell asleep. But um, I was saying that if different parts have different behaviors, then you have to... Like, something called, you know, L'Hopital's rule that you can apply and you can see exactly what's going on. And, you know, L'Hopital's rule is if, if uh, the limit exists of a certain function and it has, it's like a, you can decompose the function into a quotient of two functions, then if that limit exists, then the limit of the derivatives of the two functions, right, will also be, will exist and will also be the same. Yeah, the but also, also a very important thing is that so it's pretty much what he's trying to say. I can maybe put it into a mathematical sense where it's like the limit of f of x over g of x is the same as the limit of the derivative of f of x over the derivative of g of x. Yeah, I was just trying to say it into words. Yeah, I know, I know. But um, and also, this is only true if the limit of both f of x and g of x both exist. That's also important. Right. Because sometimes like they don't necessarily exist and you just differentiate them. And you really get nowhere because that's not a right answer. Like they both yeah. have to exist. And that's a proof that we didn't do in class because I actually, I went on YouTube and looked at a proof for L'Hopital's rule and it's like 30 minutes did. long. Of course you did. <laughs> and it's not easy wait, to understand. We did a L'Hopital proof in class. No, we didn't. I am 100% sure I swear. we did a L'Hopital proof in class. We absolutely did not. Okay. Like proving L'Hopital's rule, like proving that f of x over g of x the limit is the same as f prime over g prime we did not do that listen i know i'm right and i'm gonna find it but not now because now we're gonna talk about the podcast but i will okay. find it after for sure and please, i will show you please because i am so you know what i might might I, you know what i might not be 100 percent certain but i really think we did okay anyways let's just move let's, on hey, you know what let's forget it let's forget it Okay, so let's talk about other stuff. So one thing I really wanted to talk about is, um, so when we're talking about infinity and infinitesimal stuff, small things pretty much, uh, one thing I really wanted to bring up is especially going a little more into the physics tract, we can talk about something called Planck length, which is the smallest unit of length. Now, I think, I, um, yeah. I think before, before we talk about Planck length, we should talk about infinitesimals. And like what they are, you know? Okay. So, okay, sure. Yeah. So, so you have infinity, which is, you know, the largest number, quote unquote. Yeah. And then you have an infinitesimal, which is um, denoted as dx. And it just represents like basically the opposite of infinity. Instead of it being like a really large number, think about the smallest number you can ever not even think of, right? Yeah. <laughs> very, very tiny number. And it's, it's really applicable in math, especially when you start doing like more advanced things. 
Yeah, so in math, we can think of infinitesimals in really, really, really tiny numbers, but they're not really numbers. They're simply just notions. They're ideas, like dx, for example. But in real life, those things are not really true, right? And that's where Planck length comes in, which is the shortest possible unit of measure of distance. And it is the distance that light travels in one unit of Planck time. Now, Planck time and Planck length are pretty much all just versions of Max Planck's physics idea that everything is really, really tiny. And Planck's constant, the most like a very important concept, uh, constant in physics, is really where the entire idea of Planck stuff even came along. Because when you mess with numbers, you just, I'm not 100% sure of how to exactly get the <laughs> Planck length. So I'm not going to lie to you and say something wrong on the podcast. But I'm sure Planck's constant has something to do with it. And pretty much what I'm trying to say is that Planck length being the shortest unit of measure is more of a physics idea than a math one. And the entire idea that we can apply infinitesimals and infinity to physics in the same way that we can do in math is also pretty interesting. Yeah, in class, we didn't actually go into what um Planck's constant is right I think he just like we didn't yeah we didn't really go into the no uh, it came out when we were doing black body radiation right he's just like don't think about the equation just know that it has something <laughs> to do with Boltzmann's constant and uh Planck's constant classic physics <laughs> professor move I, I'm sure I'm sure we're gonna get into it you know. I mean we're we are interviewing the physics professor soon that's true. That is so, something that, that we should we ask him. We can actually ask him, yeah. This is one of the questions. Okay, so a spoiler, spoil, spoiler alert. Um, we are having another guest on the show, and it is going to be our physics professor from Physics 151 and 152 at the University of Toronto. And yeah, anyways, we're going to talk about that next time, but I kind of ruined the surprise. But I just wanted to make sure that we could actually ask that. I don't think it's much of a surprise, but yeah, because I mean, we it's had a surprise to like our five viewers, you know, our five <laughs> religious viewers, very important. Yeah, be because we had um two professors. How it worked is that like the first half of the course was taught by one professor, and then the second half by another, mm -hmm. and then in the second semester it just went back to the first one, and then the second one again. We're going to interview both of them in separate episodes. Oh, and, we um, we got uh, Professor Kushner yeah. as well. Yeah, I told you that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So we got a lot of, they're, they're both in different uh, branches of physics. So we can, you know, make our questions tailored for each of them. Yeah. That's going to be super. Gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, super fun. Okay. You know what? Let's uh, bring our focus more to this podcast <laughs> instead of talking about the next one. We are very excited, extremely excited. For, yeah, so uh, you were talking about, uh, talking about Plank Plank. Plank. Yeah. So also a really interesting thing. Um, so if anyone watches Vsauce, I'm not going to take the credit for this because I did get it from there. But a really interesting thing is when we talk about the coldest temperature that is ever possible, we talk about absolute zero, right? Which is minus 273.15 degrees Celsius or something like that. But when we talk about the hottest temperature, no one really knows what the hottest temperature is. And once again, not by me, I'm not going to take the credit for this. But a really interesting concept 
of the hottest thing to ever exist, that will only happen when the wavelength of said material, of the radiation of said material, the wavelength is equal to Planck length. And when the wavelength is Planck's length, that is the hottest temperature that anything can possibly be. I never even thought of that. Yeah. And that's really why I wanted to introduce Planck length, because I really thought that this that this concept of the hottest temperature in the world or in the universe actually is pretty cool. And it has something to do with Planck's length. Is there like an estimation of what the temperature would be? I don't really know. It's probably on, once again, the Vsauce video. I'm not 100% sure what it's called, but it probably has something to do with hottest temperature in the universe or something like that. Very interesting video, must watch. But uh, I don't know if he really says the temperature. He probably does. I think it's something trillion Kelvin or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. Hmm. I'm not yeah, 100% uh, sure. I've seen like every single every single <laughs> Vsauce video, but I don't remember like what he says because they're, they're like 25 minutes long. Oh, they're so but, long. Uh, but they're so informative. Yeah, super, super informative. Yeah. We were talking about infinitesimals, mm. right? So one thing where those are super uh, important is uh, integration. So when you're oh. trying to find the area under a curve, right? You, you can estimate the area by drawing like rectangles and be like, yeah, it's, it's like kind of, you can fit a, a few rectangles under the curve and be like, yeah, it's around this much. But if you actually want to find the actual area under a curve, you need to draw basically an infinite amount of rectangles that have height, whatever the function is at the, at the point you're studying, and a width of dx, which I mentioned earlier was just a really really small number and then what you do is you just add all those tiny rectangles with varying heights you just do the sum from whatever point you're starting at to the point you're ending and then you will you know get an answer i mean that that seems really abstract <clears throat> if you haven't done like the proofs and stuff like that but you know like take my word for it i guess it, it works <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's just a pretty interesting notion because it comes from uh, Riemann sums and pretty much just adding infinite things together or taking something to infinity and then adding it together because that's pretty much what we're doing. We're just taking the number of rectangles that there are or we're taking the partition uh, length to dx. That's pretty much what we're doing, right? And if the width of every partition, as you said, is dx, which is, once again, the smallest possible thing, we're pretty much taking infinite rectangles and adding them together, which comes from the Riemann sum. And understanding all of that kind of makes sense when we're talking about infinitesimals because that has a direct application to, as Parker said, integrals, which are quite, 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 quite important in physics. Yeah, I found it, I found it to be a really, a really nice unit. You know, it, yeah. we started it as soon as we came back from the winter break. And um, before that, I've never like dealt with integrals. I think I've said that before. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we started like from the very basics and then got to actually doing like integration methods and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, knowing like the foundation and then building off of that was was just a really nice process, I think. I actually, I, I think I told you this, but I actually originally learned integrals um, Oh, this is a very embarrassing time in my life. <laughs> in my in my grade ten years, 
when I just came to Canada, I was really obsessed with Khan Academy and I watched a lot of Khan Academy and that's pretty much where I learned my integrals from. And I must say to anyone who hasn't watched Khan Academy, I 100% recommend it. I think Parker, you're watching it now too, right? Yeah, I'm doing the uh, cosmology and astronomy units. So interesting. And he's like Sal Khan, like especially his videos are really good and especially the math ones the math he has like thousands of math videos it's crazy he knows a lot of stuff it's weird <laughs> it's actually like it's it's I, I i oh my gosh i'm actually speechless i don't have words for it <laughs> literally i can't think of words because it's so awesome that he has thousands of videos especially with math and physics because that's mainly how he uh, where he started and now he's branching out into other things. But especially with math and physics, he has so many videos that are just very, very, very well taught, I must say. And they just give kind of a person like me who wasn't really interested in math at all before that, which I think I have said before, a person like me actually got me interested in math. And that was yes. pretty much because of Khan Academy. So and if I think you don't, that's really important. If you don't really understand like what we're talking about right now, uh, definitely recommended to go mm -hmm. to Khan Academy because you know you don't have to like it's free so you can just watch the videos take a little bit of notes and uh, you know learn a lot about how interesting math can really be yeah there are a lot of really interesting theories and theorems and we've actually discussed some of them in our uh, previous video where we interviewed our math professor and he was talking about some really interesting concepts that we to be honest, weren't really understanding, but we tried to understand it. But it was a really fun talking to him. And we really got to know, you know, that even in math, like there are some crazy theories that we couldn't even think about. And, yeah. And there's also you know, a lot of, a lot of branches mm -hmm. that you can go into. Like, like he was talking about algebra. Like, what even is that? Yeah. I don't know. Like, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to become smarter over time and we're gonna get to know i mean who knows we, we we might never even you know figure out what it what actually is c star algebra we might go I mean, into like a different branch exactly. yeah but just like imagine that like 10 15 years from now when we're like you know more advanced in the field at least M maybe not still in the field but definitely more advanced more knowledgeable and yeah. we come back on youtube and watch these videos yeah <laughs> it'd be a good uh, a good memory I mean, the podcast is going to evolve with our knowledge of as course, well. Of course, But I'm just saying, watching like one of the first, like episode five, episode six, you know, of this podcast, yeah. it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And especially when we start next year, we're going to have a lot of topics to talk about, right? As oh, soon as we learn something in class, we, we can just make a podcast, talk about it. And like, oh, yeah, I don't even think about that. We're going to have like, so many ideas. Yeah, it's going to be super cool. I know yeah, I say super true. cool a lot. But it's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is really going to be super cool. I mean, super cool for the people who thoroughly enjoy math and physics. Yeah. I should say that. Not super cool for everyone. Yeah, so we got kind of derailed on our Yeah, we topics. got very much derailed but, in this podcast. But I think we still enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We are coming up on 30 minutes and something. So uh, I guess we could just end it here. Um, yeah, this has been quite a lot of fun. Yeah, we're gonna catch be... up really with my buddy more than talk about the podcast. <laughs> we're we're gonna be recording, I think, another one like pretty soon, maybe like 
this week. It's like it's Friday sure. right now. So it's maybe Friday like in, in a few days we'll record another one. We do have an interview on Tuesday that is going to come out probably the week after that. Um, we have a lot of time. Depending on how the schedule goes. <clears throat> um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this little discussion. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see you guys on the next episode. I am Ray and I'm Parker. And we will see you soon. Bye.